0: From the ISC, I am Lara Pedley, and welcome to the ISC podcast, where I speak with inspiring insurance leaders about networking, mentorship, and building a successful career in insurance. For today's episode, I'm here with Anne Owen. Anne is the Chief Underwriting Officer for AXA XL's Private Clients Division. She has many years of experience serving high net worth clients in multiple jurisdictions. Anne has worked in personal lines insurance with a focus on high net worth customers for 29 years. Before joining AXA in 2016, she served as a founding member of the UK division of AIG's private client group. Anne is an associate of the Chartered Insurance Institute and a chartered insurer. Anne, welcome, thank you for being with us today. So looking back on your career of 29 years, what were some of the most challenging moments for you? I mean I've had a number of challenging moments I think the first one you know
1: moving from a small broker down to all of a sudden working for AIG in the city of London (laughs) huge you know but I've only got happy memories of how great it
2: was
1: (sighs) and then you know the most challenging time of my career was when I got made redundant.
0: And how how did you cope with it with redundancy having built that business up for AIG?
1: I mean I took it personally 100 percent personally because this as far as I was concerned was my baby Mm. you know um I mean we'll talk in a a minute about my real baby situation but Mm. this until
0: that day this had been I gave it my life reflecting on that experience is there anything that any advice that you'd give to someone going through the same experience
1: I realize now it's not personal so I would Mm. say to anybody look you know it's bad it's horrible it's not personal Mm. Um, I think I also thought I was never, ever going to work again.
0: And how long was it until you found your next role?
1: So so to complicate my matter, um, I was also pregnant right. when I got made redundant. So this is the other side of the reason it was so challenging mm. for me. Um, so my objective became, and I was just transfixed on getting a new job before I had my baby. So I was mm. very, very early stages of being pregnant. Okay. When I got my date.
0: So how was that process going for interviews when you were pregnant? It's not really the done thing or it's not really spoken about in the market. Mm. Um, so would you, would you share your experiences yeah. with us? So, so I guess
1: in a way I was lucky and I don't know if this is, it's, it's probably not a great thing to say but it's true in that when I first started um, looking for jobs, I didn't remotely even slightly look pregnant, and I didn't until I was probably seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was something subconsciously holding my belly in, because <laughs> I knew I had to get a job. So so yeah. the, the way I decided to, to do this was every person I met, every opportunity I was following up on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I wasn't mentioning my pregnancy um, until I thought it was looking like there might be something good going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I met with my current employers maybe three times um various interviews with various people and then I realized actually this is going really well Mm. I need to tell these people my situation um and at that point I was uh five and a half months pregnant Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so I I just decided this one day I was going to meet this chap who was who was recruiting me I decided I'm going to tell him today and I thought that's going to be it you know he's going to decide that it's mm. maybe not the right time yeah I told I told him and he were basically didn't even flinch just looked at my belly and said well you'd never know <laughs> <laughs> I, well I'm perhaps holding it in um, and we carried on the conversation and that was it it was never mentioned again so I, I'll never forget coming out of, of, of the building after this particular meeting and ringing my mum and saying well I think that was okay I told him and it seems fine mm. and it was and I think I think the thing for me was if somebody wants to employ you whether you're pregnant or not they're going to employ you, mm. y- you it's know. not
0: for the short term right y- yeah
1: I mean I think a great a great comparison is my colleague who I work with now um had a six months gardening leave um from his current role um he had six month gardening leave I had six months maternity leave mm. no one's ever gonna say to a guy who's on six months gardening leave oh my god are you worried you're going to lose touch with the market no one ever says that Mm. but when you go on a six months maternity leave people are like oh god you know what's going to happen and I just thought hang on a minute we're both off
2: Mm.
1: at the same time just for different reasons he's sleeping more than I am but you know (laughs) (laughs) we both had um six months off and so for me it I was actually shocked I've got to say I actually thought this is going to be tricky to get a job. And a lot of people said to me, "And I don't know why you're bothering. No one's going to give you a job when you're pregnant.
2: Mm. Um,
0: and I think that's still something um, that's a, a stereotype in the market that yeah. if you are pregnant, no one is going to hire you, mm. which is why I think stories like yours are so important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just basically decided I actually don't care that I'm pregnant. I'm still me. I am, actually, I am 100% going to come back after I had the baby. People as well are really annoying when you're pregnant because you say you're going to come back and they say, wait wait till that baby comes. (laughs) You know, you might decide you're never going to go back to work ever. And I just sort of thought, I actually know that I am.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I love my baby, you know, like every mother does, Mm. beyond all, you know, anything in the world. But I actually knew I was going to come back to work. Mm. So I would never have taken a job where I thought I'm going to work with you a couple of months take maternity leave and then not come back again why would you mm, do that mm. um, and it really genuinely did not you know they were m- my firm were unbelievably supportive and I mm. would give a you know I would give a pregnant woman a job because I know how grateful you are in a way yeah. you know I was just that super, message is now I carried. was super grateful you you know my commitment to this this firm because they gave me the opportunity mm. um is, is, is huge, and I knew a lady very, very well who's very senior at Excel Catley, um, and I for Excel now. And I don't think it was a bad thing that she knew me, and she could perhaps vouch for the fact that you were good at your job. I'm a good worker. She'll come back, mm. you, you know. And I, and I, and that was all through just people you know. Mm. Um, and as well, when I was made redundant, on the on the networking piece. It was unbelievable, the people that came out to help me and say, Mm. you know, why don't you come and meet this guy? I'm going to set you up with a coffee with this person. Mm.
0: Overnight, people become your sponsors, right? It was unbelievable.
1: I was absolutely... And and to this day, I tell all of my team and and, and people who I mentor and and what have you, you know, have that network because... Mm. You, you, I mean, I never knew I needed these people, and the, the it makes you. It was un, an unbelievable feeling that, that people were so nice to me mm. when people found out I'd been made redundant. You, mm. you know, the the help that, that people want to give you is just mm. incredible, and you don't have that if you haven't got a network outside of your firm. You, you kind of haven't got that. Mm. Um, so to me, being made redundant highlighted the importance of having a network of, of people behind you.
0: You're very open about your f- fertility journey with um, with your network. Could you tell us a bit about that story and the journey that you went on?
1: Yeah, so I guess it all ties in with my love of my job. Um, I left it really late before I decided I should really have a baby. Mm. Um, it was one of those things where I... C- when I think back now, I just think I'm so, I was so stupid, but it was, I'll just wait until, I can remember clearly thinking, I'll just wait until I get that promotion, and then I'll have a baby, and then something else would come along, I'll just give it another year, and then, I, and I kept doing that, mm. and I think I was the typical person who was prioritising her career over having a baby. I did also feel like my career didn't lend itself to being a mother, I didn't know how I would do it. Um, at that point, the last sort of five years of my career, my job at AIG, I was um, I had a, a, a sort of an international role, so I was travelling extensively, and I kind of couldn't work out how that could ever work with having a baby. Um, mm. I should have realised that you work things out, but, yeah. but at the time <laughs> I just kept putting it off until the time when I thought, okay, I've really got to do this now. And then, of course, you're getting older; things mm. don't happen like you anticipate them to do. You know, you can be a cur- you can be an absolute control freak and the rest of your life but Mm. when it comes to nature you 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 can't be a control freak anymore I think I found that hard as well (laughs) um and so I embarked on a long and arduous IVF journey Mm. I think not helped with the fact that I didn't feel that I could share that with work Mm. because I was worried of being overlooked for any promotions there might be thinking
0: about getting pregnant
1: yeah Yeah, um, and that kind of thing. So I did uh, five rounds of IVF without a break and didn't take a day off work while I was doing it. I just carried on through. Um, And
0: travelling, you said? Travelling
1: as well. well. So, you know, packing injections and drugs in hand luggage and having to show a letter to the people at security is why you've got needles in your back. Mm. When I think back now, I was just like, what was I doing? Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, But that was what I did at the time. And I do think potentially the fact that I was trying to carry on as normal Mm. um, probably didn't help the fact that it kept failing, the the treatment. Um, I can remember clearly one day after having um, the part of the process called the embryo transfer, which is the big part of the process in IVF, I can remember the very next day running from my office in Fenchurch Street to our other office in Cheapside, because I was late for a meeting and thinking probably shouldn't be running down the street today Mm. um so things like that you know i was again prioritizing my career when it was that that was that was stupid i I realize now Mm. um so i think that on on that front um if i look back that is something i would definitely change about the way i handled Mm. that part of my life Mm. um that i should have started thinking of having a baby a lot sooner than Mm. age 42 and when i did have to go down this treatment route you know really take you know focus on that Mm. as as an important as well as keeping the career you know focusing on the job but actually giving myself a bit of a easier time on, Mm -hmm. on on that side of things
0: and so reflecting on your experience is there anything any advice that you'd give to organizations um, as to how they can support individuals in a similar situation because you and I have spoken and a lot of people are going through, through struggles um, starting a family. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think organisations can better support um, both male and female employees going through that journey? I think it's a difficult subject um,
1: because a lot of people don't want to discuss it.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, I didn't discuss it with anybody Mm. Um,
0: because there's that faux part of telling your yeah. employer that you're planning on having some time out, but you don't know when it's going to happen.
1: Uh, yeah, and it, it's, that's a really impossible conversation to have. Mm. I think to make this kind of conversation more acceptable, um, maybe if I know some firms are starting to bring in policies around fertility treatment. You know supporting people either financially or with extra days holiday that kind of thing that makes it more acceptable mm. you know nobody wants to do IVF nobody chooses it mm. in a, you know you know you in a million years having been through it you are never going to choose to do that so mm. I think if you having to go down that route for your employer to have some support available
0: mm.
1: and knowing where to go to you know even if it's going to HR yeah as opposed to talking to your boss not making it public not making it public you don't necessarily you you know you don't want your colleagues knowing that you're trying to have a baby necessarily some people do Mm. you know some people some uh, people don't and some people don't so I think I think for it to be more of a a, a conversation that can be had in the office and that you know you're going to be supported I just felt like I would be sidelined that was my feeling I don't know whether I would or not Um, but that was how I felt. So I guess the rest doesn't matter. Even if I wasn't, I felt like this wouldn't be a great career move to let people know Mm. that this is, this is what I'm doing. I did in the very, very latter stages when I just felt a bit overwhelmed by it all. I did tell my boss
2: Mm.
1: very less. Well, this was after I'd been through a lot of treatment. Um, so I, I think making it a more acceptable thing, to talk about and, and I think by, by bringing in some policies around it it can just be something as simple as a couple of days extra holiday if you're having an IVF cycle mm. you know you, you have to go and, and until you're in it you don't realise you know mm. you have to go and have your blood tested every day when, you, when you're doing it you know you have to go and have scans it's you know a huge amount of of time mm. I used to go to this place down Harley Street at 7.30 in the morning to go and have my blood test have my scan go mm. to work no one ever knew mm. Yeah, but that puts that takes a toll on you. Yeah, it does, um, especially five rounds. Or so. Yeah, ex- exactly. But I used to think, oh, I can do it, it's fine. It opens at seven, I can get there and get to work. So I think if, it, if it, even any type of um, assistance um, from, from a firm would make it more acceptable, I think financially, you know, it's very expensive. When you're the age I was when I started on it, the NHS don't even come to the party because you're far too old. Mm. Um, so, you know, even as part of the... I know some companies I've heard... Are making it part of their sort of private health insurance that some benefit, maybe not paying for for an IVF cycle, yeah. but some benefit is available, mm. and it's not going to get abused because nobody does this unless they have to. That's yeah. th- that would be my argument mm. on this. So, so I think just making it more well, making it more welcoming and more a conversation that can be had would be great for, mm. for for future women.
0: So, tell us a bit about that journey of re-entering into into the workplace. How was that journey into your mm. new organisation?
1: So, I think the Brilliant thing for me was because I started two months before I had my little girl. Mm-hmm. That that was I mean I worked myself. Like I worked so hard in them two months. I was actually feeling really really good even though I was seven months pregnant. So I just totally took advantage of that and got in there, met as many people as I could, worked out what there was to do. Because again, when I joined uh, my current company, it was to do the same as I did at AIG. Set up a brand new business as well. So it was started from scratch. It wasn't replacing anybody. Um, it was a brand new role. So I I really used them two months to to get to know as many people as I could, you know, really get engaged in the business. Mm. And then when I went off, I stayed engaged. I think this, for me, my return to work story Mm. um, was very, very positive Mm. because I decided I actually wanted to keep engaged. How so? I was, you know, I carried on checking emails, um, joined conference calls.
2: Okay.
1: Only because I, not because I felt I had to at all nobody made me feel like I had to but you know what it was actually quite nice if the baby's asleep there was a conference call I'm actually quite I'd I'd quite like to join that and listen I used to walk down the river with the pram with my headphones in listening you know joining in conference calls to some people that would be absolutely horrendous to me I was actually quite enjoying it that was sort of my keeping myself in the the real world it was never a detriment to my maternity leave
0: Yeah.
1: I never thought you know god this is really spoiling this time off Mm. for me it was great and so therefore my transition back I went straight back in full time Uh, after six months it was actually quite easy because I didn't feel like I'd ever really gone I'd never disengaged you Mm. know I didn't feel like I'd missed loads of things because I knew what was was going on Mm. Um, so my return to work was brilliant Mm. you know Um, it's not for everybody keeping engaged while you're off for me Mm. it worked really really well Mm. um, and and meant I just didn't I didn't even phase my return I just went straight back in because I was you know I felt ready to to do that.
0: Mm. And so how's your family life balance now? Uh, well, I one big
1: benefit for me is I'm incredibly lucky I do work one day a week at home, okay. um, which for me just makes all the world of difference yeah. to, to life, really. It means I can give my little girl her breakfast. I'm there, you know, uh, I can take her to, to preschool one day and pick her up. Mm. Um, just everything it just makes the whole thing better yeah um, and I when I say you know I work at home people always you know People who don't work in an office always raise their eyebrows and you say, you work at home. Yeah, Yeah, right. Sure you do. But I I really do genuinely work very hard. I see that as because I see it as an absolute um, privilege to be able to do it. So I probably get more actual work done when I'm at home than I do when I'm at the office. You know, there's no distraction. There's no pret. There's no, you know, (laughs) there's no lunchtime activities to get, to get involved in. So for me, that, that makes, that makes a huge difference. And I just had to change the way I worked. Um, In my prior job, I would be there till seven, eight, nine, didn't matter, you know, I used to work all the hours, I used to work weekends, Mm. and now I don't because I absolutely don't want to. Mm. And so I've just had to learn to work very, very differently. Mm. At first, I did find that the hardest thing, having to leave work at five. I was sort of apologising every day when I was leaving because I've never in my whole career ever left work at 5 But I think after you've been through such a struggle as I did to have my little girl, what would be the point if I'm never going to see her? Mm. So I had to learn to work much smarter. Um, and I just absolutely, you, you know, am ruthless in prioritising um, things. You know, I used to think, oh, it's fine, I'll do it later. I'll do it on Saturday. I'll do it. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. So I've had to just change my way of working. And that was probably the biggest challenge for me when I came back from maternity to change my old way of working, mm. that I've got to fit it into these hours. So therefore, you know, you spend less time perhaps at the coffee machine. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it's, be, it's ruthlessly prioritising your time mm. and also ruthlessly prioritising even in events.
2: Mm.
1: I could probably go to one like three times a week. Yeah. And now um, I don't. And it, yeah, people kind of know mm. that, that I don't. Yeah. Um, And it's not that I don't want to. I suppose I don't want to Mm. because I want to be at home with Charlotte. But I also, in a way, would like to because I want to keep, you know, that side of of work going as well because it is Mm. important to to keep in the social side. Mm. But I think for the next, you know, for five years, I'm I'm dropping
0: out of all that. It comes in swings and roundabouts. Absolutely. Throughout your story, there's um, a huge theme of resilience Mm -hmm. that you've um that you've had throughout your career have you always been so resilient yeah do you know what it's not until probably after the whole
1: redundancy baby thing that I actually looked back and thought god you know what I actually am quite a resilient person Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um because I never let anything sort of stop me Um, I was determined I was going to get a job. Mm. You know, okay, I I sat on the sofa with my dressing gown on for a few days after I got made redundant, (laughs) you know, eating crisps or whatever it is you do, Mm. and and then decided, right,
2: Mm.
1: you know, this is not for me. Mm. Um, And that really did, when I reflected back, I thought every time something's happened, I've actually, I actually just get on with it. Mm. I think that's very much my upbringing is like that. Mm. Um, You know, my parents, my mother was actually. Unbelievably, in the same job for fifty years. Really? Unbelievably, she retired a few years ago, and she'd been there fifty years. Oh, wow. um, and my father was in the fire brigade for forty years. You know, I'm, I come from in a family. The firm, then. <laughs> I come, I come from a family, of very loyal, yeah. you know, resilient, if you like, people, and, and it just comes naturally to me. Um, but the whole redundancy, pregnancy, IVF mm. thing. You know, I went through IVF and and just treated it almost like a project. Whereas some people, it really does, and I know it does. Yeah. It becomes very emotional, and um, I, I did not treat it like that. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, if I go down that route, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be good for me. So I just, you know, I had a spreadsheet. I, you know, this <laughs> was, this was, this was a, this was a project. Um, and 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 when I look back now, I realise that, you know, bouncing back is probably quite a good attribute mm. to have, and just dust yourself off. You, you know, I was. When I was made redundant, I was actually as, as apart from any other feeling I had, I was embarrassed.
2: Mm. I was
1: just really embarrassed. I just, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell my parents. I felt mm. like that that I'd really have let them down. Don't know why I felt like that, yeah. but I did feel embarrassed. I felt embarrassed to tell my friends. I, I think telling people you've been made redundant, I always felt people would be like, "Oh yeah, what did you do? You, you know, what what went wrong?" Which, it, as you
0: said, it's not personal. It,
1: it's not. Um, and and so I think that to bounce back from that and get rid of all them, you know, feelings of, of embarrassment, mm. you know, ashamed I was a bit ashamed to be made redundant mm. and 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 getting out there and just dusting myself off, right, come on. Mm. Let's let's do this. Um I re- when I look back now I'm actually quite proud of myself actually in a strange way I'm not often proud of myself See, right. but when I look back I'm like I actually did quite well to go out there and get a job mm. you know w- when I was and
0: going against what everyone was saying oh yeah all my friends
1: were just like you're crazy what are you doing that for and I, I, I just thought if I leave it I know it's going to be worse mm. and, and for me I, it was the best possible thing I could have done for straight me straight
0: back on the
2: horse
1: straight back in yeah. straight back in and, and the day I'll never forget the day I walked through the door at XL Catelyn seven months pregnant and I was just like did it. You, you know and it, it was it was um I was I actually thought this is this was at the time I didn't think too much of it now I look back and I'm like wow you actually did that and you know that mm. was that was quite a good quite a quite a positive thing to do mm.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. So my final question is going to be, what advice would you give to someone thinking about a career in insurance? What does it have to offer?
1: I mean, I think, you know, for me, this has been the best career. I You know, I've loved every single minute of it. I love being a broker. I love being an insurer. Um, I think you get a variety in insurance mm-hmm. that you don't get in any other industry. You know, we've got the... If you're great with people you can be a business development person you you know if you're a very technical person you can be an underwriter if you're good at both you can combine that and be someone who's a technical underwriter and a a market person which i've always been you you know i've I've kind of always enjoyed both sides of the fence The, the opportunities are you know they're 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 great i think it's the variety that you can see you know you want to work in claims that's a whole different ballgame. Mm. Or, you, you, you know, you decide to go down an actuarial route, perhaps. And, and I think that um, insurance gives you all of those various openings. Mm. So for me, you know, as a 16-year-old, I, I happened to fall into insurance because my dad's friend was an insurance broker.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it, it couldn't have been better for me.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for coming along today uh, and being so honest and sharing your story with us. I it's really my pleasure. It thank you Great. you've been listening to the ISC podcast if you like what you heard please rate, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps you can get more information about the ISC at www.theinsurancesupperclub.com our show is produced by Connor Sweetman of Breakthrough Media I'm Lara Pedley, see you next time